praise of the Lord this morning as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Will you stand with us all over the house? We're going to sing an old hymn of the church. We welcome you to Santee Circle Church of God this morning. If you're joining us online, we're so glad to have you this morning. We just want to let you know, happy Pentecost Sunday. We are still Pentecostal. So we're going to celebrate today, uh, that today. And so let's sing together this old song of the church, the old time power.
going to continue to pick up where we left off in Sunday school, looking at Acts chapter 10, looking at verse 44. The Bible says, While Peter spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them all, which heard the word. Verse 45, And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because on the Gentile also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speak, the Bible says, with tongues and magnify God. At this moment, I'm going to give us a, a few minutes that we can get together and pray and magnify the Lord in this church. Amen. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. Again, I couldn't make it without Him. Um, I expounded upon that much in our Sunday school class today. I love the Lord. I'm thankful for the gift. The only way I can make it. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, again, we're thankful, Lord, always for your love, mercy, and grace. But, Lord, we're thankful, Lord, also for the promise. Hallelujah. Lord, you told the early disciples to, to just tarry, Lord, and wait for the outpouring. Father, I'm thankful for that, Lord, because we see the results, Lord, the church being established, the church going forward. Lord, that we might, Lord, be able, Lord, to do your work and do your will. Father, we just pray that you have your way in this service today. And again, Lord, we invite your presence. And Lord, we're thankful for all that you do and continue to do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You'll stand with us again for worship. As you can tell, most of the songs today are going to center around the Holy Spirit and celebrating this, as we call, Pentecost Sunday. So we're going to worship the Lord together uh, with an old praise course of the church written in 1978. It just simply says, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. You can be bound, oppressed, tormented, sick, or lame, but the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. and You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. So let's worship the Lord today. Oh, Paul's the Holy 
Lord, we welcome you in this place today.
there's nothing worth more that'll ever come close. No fate can compare. You're our living hope in your presence. I've tasted and seen. Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone It's in your presence, Lord So we sing the Holy Spirit You are welcome here Oh, come flood Your goodness, Lord. 
Holy Spirit,
let's just sing it together. Holy Spirit, rain down, rain down. Oh, Comforter and friend, how we need your touch again. Holy Spirit, rain down, rain down. Oh, let your power fall, let your voice be heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain. Can you give the Lord the hand clap of praise in the house this morning? Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord just for a moment. If you have your Bibles, I would like for you to go with me to Acts chapter 2. Those of you that are headed to Children's Church, you may be dismissed at this time. All kids, if you'll follow out to my left, your right. All kids, workers, all those involved in children's ministry. Thank God for those people. Without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have Children's Church if they weren't here, so we thank God for them. Is everybody comfortable this morning? Are you too hot, too cold? Temperature just right? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Anybody? I'm just the only one going through midlife crisis. Okay. Uh, I'll just sweat. It's the body's natural cooling system. It's all right. I just want to make sure you were okay. Don't want to freeze you out of here. Some of y'all are on blood thinners, and some of y'all are going through the change of life, and you're on hot flashes. So I know some of you are hot, some of you are cold, some of you are lukewarm. But don't be that as a Christian. That'll get you in trouble. You don't want to be a lukewarm Christian. But anyway, we're so glad to have you this morning, those joining us online. Can we just welcome our online uh, visitors this morning, joining us online this morning. God bless you today. Those of you that are in-house, we love you. We are so glad you're here today. Uh, I know that it's getting that time of the year. Vacations start happening. People are traveling and going and doing. And it's going to get crazy here in the next couple of weeks with people traveling. But uh, we're so glad you made a conscious effort to be with us in the house of the Lord today. And uh, we are so excited that you are here today. Let me make mention to you of a couple quick things uh, that uh, I want to I remind you of, don't forget VBS is coming up June 13th through the 16th. So parents, please make sure that in the back, back there on the Welcome Center table, there is a student registration. Make sure you fill it out for your kids or your grandkids or whoever may be coming. Uh, the earlier you do it, the quicker we can get the lanyards made and everything and kind of know what color they're going to be. Invite your neighbors, invite your friends. It's a Sunday through Wednesday night. It's uh, from 7 to 9 promise we'll be out exactly at nine o'clock on the dot get you out of here it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to have a good time in the lord we're going to have all kinds of food and activities for your kids and uh this year's uh theme is called god's story and uh, it's basically a toy story themed uh, uh uh vbs program so it's going to be really exciting and uh we're we hope you'll join us uh for that also, don't forget that you can give in the tithing boxes to my right, to my left, and in the back. Uh, we uh, will be here shortly starting the 
Uh, once we kind of get everything finalized, where you'll start bringing it to the front again, to the storehouse of the Lord. Uh, so we'll give you those opportunities to bring that during a worship service time. You'll just bring them during that time as well. So just don't make forget that those are there. And uh, we want you to be able to have the opportunity uh, to give. Also, don't forget, the uh, church website is up and running, SantiCircleCOG.org. You can always check out what's going on, what's happening on that as well. You also can go uh, download in the Google and the App Store uh, an app called Our Church. It's called Our Church. And then just once you download it, it's free, absolutely free. You just type it. It'll ask you to search the name. You'll search the name Santee Circle COG, and it will automatically take you to our church app, and you'll be able to get everything on that as well. So you have both of those things uh, to uh, service today as well. All right. Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? I think I got all the preliminaries out today. You're ready to hear the word of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. We're going to read a little while. You know, sometimes you get preachers, sometimes, they'll come up here, they'll read one verse of Scripture, and that's it, and that's okay. But sometimes, I think it's, sometimes, it's appropriate to let God's Word just read itself. We don't need to say it, let God say it. He already wrote it, so let Him say what He needs to say. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture, but we're going to look at it, hopefully this morning, in a little bit different light than you've ever seen it before. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come... They were all in one accord and in one place. And suddenly, someone say suddenly. That means they didn't know when it was coming, but it just happened. Can I tell you, if you get nothing else this morning, let me just go ahead and tell you. I don't know when the miracle's coming, but it can come. I don't know when the Holy Ghost is going to once again breathe the Ruah, the breath of God, on the church again. I don't know when he'll sweep through. He might sweep through the building in the middle of this message. He might sweep through it next Sunday. It might be two Sundays. I don't know when he's doing it, but I know God's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And at any moment, at any time, and at any given place, if we are in one mind and in one accord, God can again, and the Spirit of God can come down into our midst again. Do you believe that? Suddenly there came the sound of heaven as of a rushing and a mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like that of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now here's where the crowd responds. That's what God did in church. Now, here's what the church did in response. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews and devout men from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound had occurred and the noise abroad, the multitudes came together. Can I tell you when God's moving, people will show up. That's the best growth mechanism. You can go to all the 24 to double conferences you want to. Yeah, there's all kinds of programs. And yes, we need to be a community outreach church. I get all that. But I just want to let you know, when God's moving, people will come. People will come. The Spirit will draw them. Nobody likes to go to funerals, but everybody will follow a fire. See what's going on down the street with the fire trucks. And it says that they came together. They were confused at first. Because every one heard them speak in their own language. Then they were amazed and marveled to one another, saying, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? It was like an insult. And how is it that we hear in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes 
Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, and Perga, and Papaphilia, and Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Christians, and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. God's not limited to one person, to one tribe, to one nation. God is for all people. We used to sing it to our children, red, yellow, black, and white. They are precious in His sight. God's looking for anybody. Whosoever will, let them come. God will fill them. God will fill them. And so it says, and then they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever or whoever could this mean? But others mocked them, saying they are full of new wine. Can I tell you this morning, not everybody's going to want the same thing you got. Some people will want it, but other people are going to ostracize you, make fun of you. They're going to say that you're crazy, you're possessed, you're one of them holy rollers, you're one of those old school mentality, you're one of those, you know, just, you know, uh, weird, you know, uh, church attenders that does all that funny stuff in church. Not everybody's going to want the same God you got. Because the God you serve, and I serve, will call you to repentance. He will change your heart. He will make you walk on the straight and narrow. He is going to cause you to live a sanctified life. He is going to need you to clean out the flesh to put the Holy Spirit in. You can't walk with God and man, so the God we serve is going to do a work. Not everybody's going to accept that. So for a few moments this morning, I want to preach on this subject title to you today. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. I'm going to ask Pastor Ard, former shepherd of this house, if he would so eloquently pray the prayer over the word of the Lord this morning. Pastor Ard, would you pray today? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Before I get to the climax of this message today, I, I simply just want you to go on a little uh, memory down memory lane, if you will, or a journey with me. Now, some of you, this memory lane or this journey, maybe you haven't experienced it yet, so it's not your journey. But for many of you, it might have been a long time since this happened, but I want you to try to remember. Do you remember the day? That God saved you. 
I mean, do you remember the day? I'm not talking about the physical date. Some of you may remember it was on June 1st, 1943, or whatever it may be. I'm not asking the day. I'm asking, do you remember the day that you went out of darkness into the marvelous light? You literally remember the day Jesus found you in your sin-sickened state. And for those of you that continued on your spiritual journey, we in the church of God, we still believe that there is a second definite work of grace called sanctification. Now, a lot of people don't preach on that very often. I don't have time to expound on that, but sanctification is the process of fixing you up. That's what that is. It literally means to be set apart, be separated, set apart from the world, which means you can't still listen to the same music you listened to before you got saved. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long day in the church. I can feel it already. Might be Pentecost Sunday, but I felt the air just blow out the building right now is what I felt. You can't keep going to the same places you go, used to go when you were a sinner. Can't still keep going to the bars and to the honky-tonk joints and places like that. You don't, you don't, unless you're going to pick up somebody to save them and God told you to walk in there. You ain't supposed to be going back there. You're not supposed to still be using the same filthy language. In fact, I was... As we were teaching today to the young people, in fact, the Apostle Paul told the church of Ephesus, he said, let no unwholesome talk proceed out of your mouth. You're not supposed to be talking like you used to talk when you get saved. But then, if you got past that sanctification, that sanctification process is a continual work. Yes, it's a second definite work, but it's God continually to, trying to perfect you to be more like Him to get to heaven. But if you went on to the next level in the game called life, and your spiritual journey. Some of you, maybe not all of you, but some of you got the third experience from God. Isn't it funny that God's a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, and He also orchestrated His gifts in a triune. Save you, sanctify you, and then He sent the third, God the Father. God the Father's the only one that can say, last the prodigal son, son, welcome back home, your sins are forgiven. So the Father does the saving. But to sanctify you, somebody had to do the work so that you could be sanctified. So the Son came to sanctify you. But then the Holy Spirit, which is the third part of the Godhead, is the one Jesus said, when I go away, I'll send another that will be an advocate to the Father. He'll be a comforter and a friend. And tarry ye in Jerusalem till you be endued in power from on high. That which the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. That third part of this journey is the infilling and the uh, indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people get confused. There is a distinct difference from being infilled with the Holy Spirit and being indwelled with the Holy Spirit. The day you got saved, the Holy Spirit indwells your residency because the Holy Spirit is the one that draws you to a heart of repentance. He's the one that lets you know you're living in a wayward state and to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is present at your conversion. But in order to walk in power from on high, the Holy Ghost doesn't want to just dwell with you. He wants to fill you inside of you. He wants to remove everything out of you and put all of Him inside of you. That's what we call the baptism of the Holy Ghost infilled by the Spirit of the Lord. Are you thankful God still fills people with the Holy Ghost? Now when we talk about this, you have to understand... When we describe the infilling of the Holy Spirit, those of you that have been on that journey, you'll remember the day the Holy Spirit filled you to capacity. It might have started out with just a little bit of praise. Then it might have started out 
with tears streaming down your face. Then as you begin to yield your body and your mind and just praying and just focusing and, and, and blotting out all distractions around you, you started feeling a difference in your spirit. And it was like rivers of living water boil, bubbling up inside of the innermost being of your of the pits of your stomach. And you began to feel it and you began to feel your tongue, your, your, your lips to begin to quiver from just so much of a power you felt upon you. And, and we call that stammering lips in the Pentecostal churches. You began to, to almost have like a speech impediment or a stutter because you felt so something so powerful and so surreal invade you. And then all of a sudden you yielded that tongue unto the Lord and you began to speak in a language that you didn't create on your own. You couldn't explain it. It became like a prayer language. You don't know where it came from, but you felt it. And then from that point forward, you began to go in prayer closets. You began to be in due. You started laying on hands on people. They recovered. You started praying the prayer of faith and miracles started happening. You'd get into a prayer closet and about 30 seconds into it, the Holy Ghost would drop down in your prayer closet with you. You'd start feeling the endowment of power from on high. The Holy Spirit would start praying when you got in trouble or when you started feeling your life was falling apart with with utterances and groanings the Holy Spirit started praying through you started ministering through you because the Holy Ghost is still real today he's still real but I've always marveled at the power of wind of wind anybody have wind chimes at your house I do I love the sound of wind chimes you know how I know when the wind's blowing? I don't see it, but I hear it because the wind chimes start ringing. I'm in the house, and all of a sudden, I just hear different melodies outside. You know what? Nobody went out there and slapped my wind chimes against the house. The wind blew the chimes. We go outside this morning. We stand out here. You're not going to see wind coming, but you'll feel it when it goes by. You might see... See, the thing about wind, I love about wind, is you can't see wind, but you can see the effects of wind. I go stand outside this morning and the wind starts blowing. I may not feel, I may not see it, but I'll see my coat start to move. I'll see the leaves on the trees start to move. I'll feel the brush, I'll feel the presence of wind across my face as the breeze goes by. I'll feel the wind. I may not see the wind, but I'll feel it. Can I tell you, that's what the Holy Ghost is like. You don't see Him all the time. You don't physically see an embodiment of the third person of the Godhead. But I can promise you when the wind blows, you will feel the effects of him blowing by. Can I tell you this morning, it might come through this sanctuary before this service is over. But I'm telling you, you'll feel the wind blow by. You might be sitting here and all of a sudden you'll just feel something turning. You'll be like, I don't think the air conditioning did that. You'll feel it because you may not always see the wind. But you can feel the effects of wind. The Holy Ghost, when he comes into a building, you may not physically see him. But you won't leave here like you came. You will feel the effects of the wind of God. Now, I love the wind because the wind is interesting character. In the Bible, in fact, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is described in various characteristics or attributes. We see Him as water. In fact, we see throughout Scripture, the Bible talks about when you get when you have the Holy Spirit, it will be like rivers of living water. It will be water. It will be life-giving. We see Him as fire. Cloven tongues. We read it in Acts chapter 2. There came the sound of wind, and then there appeared over them cloven tongues as a fire, representing still the Holy Spirit, the effects of the Holy Spirit. So he comes as fire. But I want to focus on the wind today. Wind, I love wind. I don't know about you, but I love storms. 
Like, I'm the idiot that's out there being Jim Kentor from the Weather Channel going to chase these suckers down. Now, a couple years ago, they had this big, supposedly, hurricane coming through Spartanburg. The Weather Channel guy is standing there holding on to the to the light pole, his jacket's blowing, and the wind's supposed to be pelting. He's like, yeah, it's bad out here. And they were on a college campus, and two guys just walking by and waving at the camera like it ain't even windy outside. Somebody didn't get the memo on the Weather Channel to tell them to act like it was windy. Hello? Because in the video, the guy's holding on to the pole, barely holding on, and he's like rocking, and he's like, hey, y'all need to be safe out there. Two guys just walking in the rain, just waving at him. Hey, how y'all doing? Don't you think they'd have felt the wind if it was that bad? Somebody put a big old inflatable box fan in front of that guy and was blowing him, I'm sure. But, but the point to be made is, I love storms. But I love how wind is so interesting. Wind can be very gentle. You can go outside today after you eat lunch and sit on your back porch or on your front porch in a rocking chair and just a nice breeze blow by and you'll feel the nice breeze just kiss across your face. You might see just a few of the uh, trees in the, in the distance, the, the leaves roll back or you might just hear a little bit of the leaves ruffling, uh, rustling and, and it's real nice if you ever go to, to like the water down on Charleston or you can stand there and you can feel the water or the, the wind blow in. This past weekend when I was with Micah and, and my family in the, in the mountains, we went down to the mountain stream down there and uh, of course the further you went down the cooler it got from the top and you got down there to the bottom and the wind's just kind of blowing gently right by that, that, that stream. It was just so nice and it was just a very gentle wind. But wind also has powerful components to it. Because now while it's so soft and gentle and it kisses your face and the quietness of life, wind also has effects on the weather patterns. Wind can create what is just a simple nice dusting of storm and snow turn it into a blizzard with wind. The wind will literally pick up the snow off the ground and shoot it across and cover everything because the wind is so forceful. The wind can catch the right jet stream systems and come across and send massive thunderstorms out of nowhere. It can be a sunny, if you've lived in Charleston long enough, you know this, you'll see it. If you don't, you'll see it this summer, don't you worry. It'll be nice and pretty like it is right now, but by 5 o'clock it'll be pitch black dark and all hell will come out of the sky. Hail be falling. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, man, I saw people on Facebook. It was around here. A big storm came through. I'm in Cane Bay subdivision. It's raining. Cats and dogs. Not literally cats and dogs. That's at the Chinese restaurant. Not here. But 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 not that. But but I mean, literally, it's pouring down rain. But just across here near the church, I saw some from the church here that put it on their Facebook. I mean, pebble-sized hail. That Just from my house to that house, just that little bit of distance, my house didn't have it, but they have like little pebbles coming out the sky of hail from a storm. It was beautiful like this, but all of a sudden the, the, the tides change. And in the summer it does that. And the other thing about wind is that same wind that is just so gentle and kisses you across the face, when about September, August, September, November rolls around, it starts messing with the tropics. And it starts spinning the water around in the tropics. We call those hurricanes. And if you have never experienced one, you don't know what wind can really do. Those of you that have lived here all your life, you, you remember Hugo. It made an impact on your life. We've had a couple little scares with Floyd and Andrew skirting by and giving us a little, you know, nice ocean, you know, Myrtle Beach ocean gust. That's about it. But, but Hugo came right on through and said, hello, Charleston, how y'all doing? He came on by. He wanted us to know he was he was the man. You don't believe it? Go watch videos of it. You, you'll see. The wind that just is so gentle that you will feel the day on the back porch is also in a couple weeks from now can come onto land and cause catastrophic damage to everything you own. It can literally spin off 
uh, tornadoes, which literally is wind gusts. They will literally cause cyclones to fall out the sky. It will pick up your house and send it hundreds of miles down the road if it has to. Now, today it's nice and peaceful, but tomorrow your house might be three rows down the street by the same wind. See, the wind can be gentle, but it also can be violent and ferocious and, and have this, this immaculate power that it can create. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is the same way. The Holy Spirit sometimes will be like we sang this morning. He'll be a sweet Holy Spirit. He'll be gentle. He'll just be nice and breathe. But there are times in the life that He is ferocious. He is powerful. He is mighty. He can come into your storms of life and He can blow those storms right out of the way. He can come to your sin-sicking heart and He can blow that sin right out of the way. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God can raise a standard against him. That Holy Spirit, that while He is gentle over here, the Bible also tells us He's a jealous God and He doesn't play games. And the same Spirit that is so kind and gentle on here, other times in life, He has to blow in and He has to be powerful. So whatever you have need of this morning, whether it's just a sweet touch of the Spirit, or you need Him to put your marriage back together, your home back together, your finances back together, your life back together, give you a better job, help the wind, help the church to grow by the Spirit of God. Whatever you need, I want to tell you today, the wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Some people only need a nice gentle breeze. But some people need a big storm gust of wind in their life. They need God to save somebody. They need God to change somebody. They need God to fix their marriage. They need Him to fix their finances. They need Him to fix their job. They need Him to fix their way with children. Sometimes we need that force of the Holy Spirit with us. But how can you have it if you don't have Him? It's kind of like trying to reap benefits from something you never have any investments in. I was talking to someone last night. Now, don't shoot the preacher. But I was talking to someone last night. We were talking about people and going to church and just different things like that. And I said, someone that I knew was talking to me about how they hadn't been to church and now over a year and a half. We were talking on the phone and I asked them, I said, well, um, how, how's things on your job? Oh, man, they're, they're good, Pastor. I said, you still got your job? Yeah, 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 I'm doing good. I said, oh, that's good, that's good. I said, um, I said so y'all y'all just, I said, I'm sure it's very difficult being able to, you know, very difficult to have to get up in the morning, go to work, and come home and literally be a prisoner in your own house. The only interaction you get is when you go to work to make ends meet. This individual said, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean, I know it has to be difficult. You never get to go out to eat. You never get to see your friends. You never get to do anything. You literally go to work and go home. That's it because you're still a prisoner of your own house due to things that have been happening in the world. He said, no, Pastor. I mean, we go out to eat and we, we go out and we just a couple weeks ago went and celebrated a birthday party, 20, 30 people. We, we go out to eat and stuff as a family and do things. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we get social interaction at the restaurants and stuff. I said, well, well, I just know that you said you hadn't been to your church in a, in a year and a half oh pastor that's dangerous it's dangerous you know I don't know where those people are from where they've been that week I said when you go to the restaurant do you do you I said do you just have them reserve a section like you just ask them could you have like the banquet room or whatever I said because you know I've been to like some of the Cracker Bros places like that some of those places now are 100% capacity I mean you're sitting next to the table somebody I said you know I, I'm just curious if, if you know I said I mean I'm sure you wear your mask in but then when you eat it's kind of hard to eat without through a mask so I'm sure you have to take it off to eat I said you know uh, how, how does that work and, and oh pastor we just sit, sit with general population 
Well, you know, you could. I said, well, you know, you could wear your mask to church. Well, yeah, Pastor, but but you know that that's just that's just pushing the envelope. I said, oh yeah. I said, let me ask you a question. If you didn't show up to your job for a year and a half, would they hold your job? Well, Pastor, that's a ludicrous thing to say. You know good and well they wouldn't hold my job. I mean, you can't go to work. I said, and you expect God to hold your place in line in heaven because you hadn't been in his house in a year and a half? You want him to hold your card, but you certainly ain't putting anything in it. They hung up the phone just in case you wanted to know how that story ended. Now, I would like to say to you this morning, I'm sorry, but I'm really not sorry. Because sometimes the truth is the truth. You couldn't do your job that way and your employer that way. But yeah, we expect God. Now, God, you have to understand God, you have to understand this. God, you have to understand that. When in reality, God doesn't have to understand He's God. Why are we having Him to understand? If anything, we must understand Him, not Him understand us. Come on, somebody. Don't act like you ain't never been there before and you know what I'm talking about. We make excuses for things. See, the problem is, some of those people, I'm going to tell you what the problem is. They don't have the Holy Spirit active in their lives because the Bible says... That when David and those in the Old Testament began to feel the Spirit of the Lord move upon them, they would be dancing in the street trying to get to church. They didn't even have cars, y'all, that we could only drive five miles. Or and in the case of Brother Sister Barnes, 42 miles one way. Could you imagine if you had to walk that versus drive that? Come on, church. I mean, they didn't have that luxury, but the Bible said they'd get up and say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. See, some people don't have the Holy Spirit because if they really had the Holy Spirit working, the Holy Spirit would wake them up and say, oh, it's Sunday morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That's why we need the wind to blow again because their sons and daughters thinking they're okay, but they're not okay because the wind has not blown on them again. See, in Acts chapter 2, we read this powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is mentioned, the word power is mentioned over 250 times in the Scripture. In fact, that word that you see in the Bible is known as uh, the Greek word dunamis. It means forceful or mighty or strong and powerful. It is the same word you get the English word dynamite. Y'all know what dynamite does? I used to tell people all the time, because I was in high school, I was like Brantley. Brantley's my favorite person in the church so for all of you that thought that you were my favorite I'm sorry Brantley's got that in, in in my heart so you have to take second place Brantley's my favorite he's not here to hear it but he's still my favorite the reality of it is this you know why Brantley's my favorite because I can remember what it was like being Brantley when I was in high school I was the smallest kid in the class I was listening to Sister Faye Huff this week at the, at the um, nursing home and Sister Sherry we were talking together we were talking about Brantley Brantley's doing wrestling now best investment they've ever put him in in his life that was a genius move. Because Brantley ain't going to put up with that. Y- y'all don't know Brantley. He might be the smallest, but I'll be dog if you take him down. He will put you on the floor. He's like that little miniature dog that will bite your ankles like crazy, but it won't give up. Like you could kick the dog out the door, but I mean that dog won't give up. I mean it's ready. The most ferocious thing. And the big old dog's just laying in there like, have a good day. He doesn't care. But, but I, I, I can relate to Brandon, because when I was in high school, I, I was, and I was always the smallest person in the class. Very skinny, small, all that stuff. I was, I was, I was, I could always relate. I used to tell them all the time when I'd play basketball, they'd be like, you, you ain't gonna be, or play baseball when I'd go pitch. They, you know, people would always be talking about, oh yeah, y'all putting your picture in. I used to tell you all the time, I said, you gotta be careful how you talk about people. Because dynamite comes in small packages. You don't have to have a big stick of dynamite to do damage. You just gotta have one stick. 
Because you stick one stick of dynamite in the right area, it's only one little stick with a little bit of powder in it, but when it blows up, game on. See, that's what it's like with the Holy Spirit. He's a dunamis. He's a dynamite kind of God. You don't have to have a lot of Him, per se, but the more you have of Him, the more damage He does to the kingdom of hell. Because the more you get of the Holy Spirit, the less the devil can do to you, because if God be for you, so when God is on my side, greater is He that's in me than... So when I put the Holy Spirit inside of my heart and in my life, all I got to do is every so often just light the match. Because the Holy Spirit, remember, I told you, He's also fire. So sometimes I just got to light the fire. All right, devil, come on by here. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do, devil. See, he's coming at me. But if Brother Stan, if I ever can get the dynamite stick to light, all I got to do is get it to light and throw it in his direction. Can I tell you that if you came to the right place this morning, no matter what you got going on in your life, I come to light you up this morning. I come to give you something you could have to go home with today. I want to light a fire under your spirit. I want to light a fire under your home. I want to light a fire into your life. I want to just light it up so you can throw it into the kingdom of darkness and watch God do a destructive work to the kingdom of hell and see your sons and daughters come home because God's wind is blowing again. You see, the Holy Spirit is essential to live a Spirit-filled life. So I want to quickly talk about this Holy Spirit. You have to understand in order to receive this Holy Spirit to max capacity, you got to have preparation. you got to know that you're ready for him. If you're having a house party and you're deciding to invite a bunch of people over for Thanksgiving or Christmas, if you're like me, you kind of stress right before the event. I am not OCD, but I'm as close as you can without being clinically diagnosed with that. Like if I know somebody's coming to the house, I got, I got, I have to vacuum the house. Even if I just vacuumed it, I have to vacuum it again. Got to dust everything again. Now, my house is never dirty, but I mean, if I know people are coming by Thursday at 6 o'clock, Thursday at 4 o'clock, I'm dusting and vacuuming right then so that nobody's walked on that. I'll put on socks and sit outside till they come back so that I'm not even on the floors till they get there. Come on, y'all. I mean, you're checking the bathrooms. You're making sure that you got hand towels. You're making sure all the soap dispensers are filled. You make sure the placemats. You, you prepare for the arrival of the guests. Because you want them to feel welcomed upon their arrival. When you're seeking the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, you got to prepare your hearts as if you're wanting Him to come and be a guest in your heart. You have to prepare that table of your life in, inside your heart. And you have to clean out everything and say, okay, I've cleaned my heart out. I made sure the temple of the Holy Spirit is clean. I've swept it. I made sure everything's good to go. Now when the Holy Spirit shows up, I am welcoming His arrival into my life. You have to be ready for Him. The disciples had been waiting for this promise of the Holy Spirit. They, they had been waiting for 50 days. I mean, you do know that, that, past, that, that uh, Pentecost Sunday is the 50th day after Easter or Passover. 50 days. So in biblical numerology, you don't even have to have a PhD in biblical numerology. The number 50 correlates with the Holy Spirit because it goes directly with 50 days after Easter, He shows up. But if you take the number 50, the number 50 is comprised of two numbers, 40 and 10. 40, we know, 
from experiences of talking about it in the past. Forty is the number of testing, trials. Forty days Jesus was in the wilderness. Forty years Moses wandered in the wilderness. We know forty is a season of testing, trials, waiting, anticipation, just sitting around. But ten is a sign of perfection, harmony, creation, integration, discipleship. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, the Apostle Paul tells us Jesus appeared to over 500 people in 40 days. So during 40-day window of time, you got to remember, there's then 50 days. So for the, first 40, for the first 40 days, the disciples are seeing Jesus appearing to everybody. They're going through the testing period. The Holy Spirit's not there because Jesus is still there. But Jesus leaves, and there's this 10-day waiting period. Now, don't miss what they said. Jesus said, when I leave, go to Jerusalem, tarry there until you be endued from power from on high. Now here's the problem where everybody in this building is going to tune the preacher out, turn their hearing aids off, and wish that they, that they had a different preacher this morning. Because good church folks ain't waiting 10 days for nothing. That's where I knew it would get silent real quick. We don't even like waiting for dinner, so we sure ain't waiting for God. Oh my, I didn't say that, did I? We don't like it when it's 30 minutes at the restaurant and we know they're packed out the door, but we ain't, we ain't wanting to wait. We'll go to Arby's if we got to because we don't want to wait. We, we don't like waiting. We want instant mashed potatoes because in three minutes Uncle Ben made mashed potatoes rather than it takes for somebody to go in the kitchen, peel them, put the heavy whipping cream and the milk and the sour cream and the butter and whip it all together. We don't got time for that. Uncle Ben's can do it in three minutes. Just put him in the microwave. Let's eat it. Hello. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We want everything instantaneous. We like instantaneous gratification. The reality of the fact is an instantaneous gratification, sometimes God does not always work instantaneously like we want it. Sometimes we have to wait on things. So for ten days they're sitting in this house waiting. If they were good Pentecostal church people, by day three, they out. They're gone. Pastor, I came Sunday night to the revival. I came Monday night to the revival. I came Tuesday night to the revival. I'm going to give you one more night on Wednesday night for revival. But if you extend that thing to Thursday or Friday, I'm just letting you know I ain't coming back. Come on, somebody. Y'all know I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all are giving me feedback. I remember back in the day, sometimes revivals be two and three weeks at a time. And it was packed every night. The reality is nobody's going to wait anymore, but they had to wait for a minute. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit of promise. Then all of a sudden, in order to prepare themselves, they had to be, the Bible gives us the ingredients. Acts 1 and 14, it said they continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. Acts 2 and 1 said they were gathered together in one place and in one accord. They gathered together in unity. You know why I believe the Holy Spirit doesn't come to a lot of churches? Because the church is not in unity. Lord, I, Lord, help me, God. I don't want to get in trouble today. But the reality of it is, our problem is not the Holy Spirit doesn't have the power. Our problem is we don't have the unity in the house. The reality of it is this. How can we expect God to come down and bless it if we're making a mess of it before He gets down here? Hello. See, the Bible says how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. Psalms 133 and 1. 
See, the Holy Spirit is only going to come where He's welcomed and where everybody's in one mind and one accord. They all want in one thing. The outpouring and the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. They all sat in that room. Now, you got to remember, Jesus had fed over 5,000 men plus women and children. Jesus had fed hundreds of people over his lifetime. He had done miracles for thousands of people. But not all of them came and waited. See, and we'll pick up part two next week because I feel the Lord taking me a different direction today. But what is interesting to me is this. I am amazed at, God help me, mega churches. <laughs> because while they are in and of themselves can be good, good discipleship programs, resources, and things like that, if they're not done carefully and don't take a conscious effort to continue to disciple and make sure that everybody is growing in their faith, if they're not structurally and, and systematically done properly, megachurches also can be spiritually uh, uh, malnourished churches too. Because here's the problem. While all the cool stuff's happening and I'm giving away the first 50 to church gets a $5 gift card to, you know, Walmart and the first 100 guests get a, you know, $20 Target Visa prepaid card and if you bring the most people to church this Sunday, well, all that might be good in theory. When you stop giving stuff, they stop coming. <laughs> because if COVID... <laughs> can take churches of 5,000 and they open back up their doors and only 150 come back. What happened to the other 4,000 people, y'all? <laughs> you know, I can tell you what they were. They never were committed to start with. They were fluff. That's what they were. <laughs> See, a lot of churches have what I call dead weight. Y'all know what dead weight is, right? Stuff you got to get rid of. <laughs> See, I believe that if larger churches at large ever went through a true pruning process, you'd be shocked at how big they really aren't. Not are, but aren't. Because the reality of it is this. I have met some of these fine folks and got nothing against them, but here's what you'll hear at some of these churches. Now, we do believe in the Holy Spirit, but if someone should decide to speak in tongues or have any outward manifestation of the Holy Spirit, we, we, we try to get one of our sergeant arms to direct them to one of the rooms, one of the prayer rooms in the back of the auditorium. We don't want them to disrupt the body of service because there might be men and women in the building who don't know what that is, and it would be a distraction, and we don't want the, be the God to be the author of confusion, and so we escort them to the side rooms and, and all that stuff. You know, and We don't mind them praying if that's their spiritual, but that's not for everyone, and so we, we usher them to the side rooms, Blah, 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 blah. You know what you just said? You ain't got a room for God in that house. That's what you said. I'll say it while I'm on live stream. I'll say it if I'm not on live stream. The day that we don't let the Holy Spirit move is the day I quit this job. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I don't care if 5,000 people show up on our campus over the next 10, 20 years that we're here or however long God should tarry and let us stay here. I, I, I don't care if we build a 5,000 seat auditorium and 5,000 people come. If someone speaks in, the, speaks in tongues, with the, has the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaks in tongues, I don't care if 5,000 people are in the building. The music better stop, the singers better stop, and God better talk. That simple. But I also will caution that if it ain't God, you better be careful because you will sit down. <laughs> Hello. And at the end of the day, 
If that means I don't have 5,000 but I stay with 50 for 10 years, I'd rather have 50 people who are in one mind and one accord and want to see the outward manifestation of the Holy Ghost than 5,000 people who give a flip if God shows up or not. See, the problem with our world today is we're more interested in attracting the masses than making sure the Messiah is in the house. You can tweet that. You can write that. You can put whatever you want to. I'm not interested in the masses. I'm interested in the Messiah. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in Jesus. And the reality of it is this. There are lots of people, you think I'm crazy, but there are people within the Pentecostal denominational circles will tell you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is irrelevant. It's outdated. The initial evidence of speaking in tongues is not necessarily of validity anymore. That's not the Pentecostal Holiness Church. I got Church of God people I know that teach that. Y'all, Cleveland, not Anderson, Indiana. Cleveland, Tennessee people. I'm telling you, we better wake up. Because if that's what it, if, if the Holy Spirit poured Himself out in Acts chapter 2 with signs, wonders, diverse miracles, cloven tongues as a fire, and the sound of wind, I'm telling you that the Bible says God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if that's what it took back then, bless God, that's what it's still going to take today. And here's the bottom line. We'll pick up part two of the wind is blowing again next week because I don't want to keep you. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to go this direction. Here's the problem. The church has lost its hunger for God. The reason we're a powerless church is because we become a prayerless church. You don't believe it? Let me call a Tuesday night prayer meeting and see how many people show up. I guarantee you 60 people won't be here at prayer meeting on the first night. Come on, somebody. I might pull 5, 10 people. But I'm telling you at the end of the day, when I first got here, well, I'll say for right here, probably, I don't know, three or four months after I got here, Brother Stan and Brother Marion were still on our, our, our council board, still are today. Uh, I'm not sure at that time if, if Brother Randy had been uh, uh, voted in as our third member to make sure we were in our bylaws. But I remember we had a meeting one time and we were talking about that. And when I was getting ready to change how we orchestrate services in terms of, of how we do the order of service, and I told them I wanted to institute uh, a scripture and prayer, I remember that, that in that meeting we were talking about how the church has lost its ability to pray. And Brother Marion was so kind to, to, to challenge the pastor, and I, I appreciate him doing that. But he said, Pastor, I don't mind getting there reading Scripture and prayer, but I'm not praying just by myself. I'm going to pull the microphone down, and I'm going to encourage the people to pray with me because it ain't about me praying. They need to know how to pray too. Amen. And I thought, you know, you're right. You're right. See, the reality of it is this. The Holy Spirit is still real. Y'all, y'all didn't hear that? Let me say that one more time. Is this on? The Holy Spirit is still real, y'all. So just because you don't think it may be relevant, those people like that, or necessary, or it's outdated, or it doesn't have any place in churches, or it doesn't need to be a distraction, y'all, y'all come a little too late to tell me because I'm just going to let y'all know. I've experienced him, so I know that he's real, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. He's real. And my heartfelt desire, as the band makes their way this morning, is this. I want the wind to blow again. Y'all, listen to what I just said. I don't want the wind to just cease. I want it to blow again. If it blew in Acts chapter 2, I want it to blow at 1211 North Highway 52 again. I want to walk in here one Sunday. I don't know what Sunday it'll be. But I want to walk in here one Sunday, and I don't even get to preach. Not, not because I won't be prepared. I'll be prepared. Don't you worry. 
But I want God to say, hey, why don't you shut up today and let me talk for a while. That's what I want. Because I could get up here and give you all the eloquent speech and Greek and Hebrew words and encourage you. But you know what? Ain't nobody can speak as good as God can for himself. I want to come in here one Sunday. We sing one song. The Holy Ghost just moves and we don't even go to the rest of the set list. We just popcorn and whatever we can sing. You don't even have to ask the preacher to pray for you. You just start coming and falling out on your own under the power of the Holy Spirit because God came down in this place. Here's the problem. Why can't we have that? See, I hear people talk about that. Oh, Pastor, I wish I could go to a church like days gone by where the Holy Spirit was just so surreal. I feel, Lord, Pastor, I just wish I could feel that again. Why can't you? God didn't change. So something had to happen. I'll tell you what happened. We changed. It was. If we want it bad enough, He'll do it. But we got a hunger and thirst after righteousness because those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they're the ones that get filled. So if we get in one mind and one accord and start praying and seeking and asking God, you don't have to worry. God will do His end of the bargain, but we got to do our end of the bargain. So here's what I asked the band to do today. I asked them to do something a little bit different than we are accustomed to around here. Because things are a little bit different sometimes around here. Brandon, if you'll put me a little bit of this mic in this house for me, the red mic. Here's the reality of it. We have to be in one mind and in one accord. God's not the author of confusion. He's not. But there are men and women who have not experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit like you and I have. But they need to. The world, the worse this world gets, the more the world needs the Holy Ghost again. I'm telling y'all, that's what we need. We don't need another political candidate. We need the Holy Ghost is what we need. So I'm going to ask you to stand all over this house and we're going to sing this song as our benediction uh, or our invitational hymn. And then we're going to have a time of prayer. But I want us to sing this song together as one mind, one body, one spirit, and one accord. As if this was our prayer today. So let's sing it together. We sing Spirit of the living God. Oh, fresh Lord. Oh, Spirit of Spirit of the living God for his holy Oh Lord will you help me help me mold me fill me use me spirit of the living God Let's sing it again, Spirit of, Spirit of the living God, for Spirit of the living, Spirit of the living God, for So Lord, will you help me? Yeah.
softly. So here's what I want to do today. Sister Jamie Bennett Haley has got some surgery coming up on Thursday. A very extensive procedure to do with her esophagus. Very, very serious surgery. But I still believe God's a healer. I do believe that. So we're going to anoint a prayer cloth today. Here. For her today. Pray over it. But I also have another prayer cloth here that I want to anoint today. I'm a firm believer that God equips us not to just get complacent in the season that we're in, but to use our ministries and our, our our talents and abilities to send us out to do a work for Him. You know, we're here to be encouraged this morning, but you know, our job is to go out in the highways and byways and reach more people for Jesus Christ. So we're going to pray for Sister Jamie uh, Ben and Haley here this morning, and I'll have someone come and stand in for her just for a moment. But I'm going to ask... Uh, Pastor Art, he doesn't know I'm going to do this. He and Sister Faye, if they'll come stand beside me right here this morning. Pastor Jack Todd at Pastor's Mount Calvary has got to have some up-and-coming surgery on his shoulder. And obviously, if you know Pastor Jack Todd, he is not as young as he used to be. He's getting a little bit older. So every time he has surgery, it's a little bit harder on him. And Pastor Jack has called on Pastor Art to... for season of time to serve as an interim for about a month to a month and a half to just help be a shepherd to the people while he's down because health wise he won't be able to do that job so Pastor Art being the faithful man that he is he called me on Friday and he was discussing it with me and I said man we're praying for you and as I was driving home yesterday everybody was asleep in the car I thought about that you know a lot of times we tell people we're praying for them but we just kind of say that just because it's the right thing to say we never really do it you know you ever told somebody I'm praying for you? Walk off, you forgot about it? <laughs> I have. Now, you could say, well, Pastor's going to be gone a month. Yeah, yeah, or longer. Yeah, possibly. But I don't look at it as, as a loss. I look at it as our, our church is able to have an extended arm to go help somebody else's church in need. We get to send somebody out to help somebody else because God's blessed us enough we can help others. That's an exciting thing. So we're going to anoint a prayer cloth for him to put in his Bible or Sister R to put in her purse so that when they walk into Mount Calvary over the next month, month and a half, they're there. They might be there to minister to that church, but they've had a church that's already seasoned them before they ever left this property in prayer. So when they get there, God's going with them because we've already prayed for them on the other side of it. Y'all believe that? Y'all believe that? Amen. Sister Ann, I'm going to ask you if you'll come and stand here for Sister Jamie this morning. Just hold this prayer cloth for me. Here's what I want to do this morning. Yes. Come stand right here for me, guys. Sister Barnes, if you'll come too, hold that for me, Sister Ann. I'm going to give this to him. i got another one for you in the back. Just stand right here for me. Now, here's what I want to do. If you feel physically able, you're able to do this safely. I want you to come behind these. I'm going to have them step up so that you're not in front of them. But I want you to come with me, and I'll be in front, and I'm going to anoint these cloths. But I want you to come join me if you feel comfortable and pray behind somebody back here and encourage them this morning. Because I believe in the power of prayer. So I want you to come with me as I get, get ready to pray for them. If you feel able, will you come and help me pray today for the men and women of, of the church today? Let me pray today. Come on, will you join us today? 
Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I know that this oil has no nothing but just oil. But Father, I know beyond a shadow of doubt it's a representation of the Holy Ghost. God, as we send them out to be an ambassador and a help to a church, I pray that the Spirit of an Almighty God would fall down fresh on Mount Calvary PH Church. The ministry of this precious couple would go out on the highways and byways. They would speak the words of the Lord, the oracles of God's presence. God, I pray you would let the Holy Ghost fall down. Let the fire from heaven be spoken through this man of God. Let the songs of Zion be sung through this precious saint of God. Let them see sons and daughters and miracles and all the things happen today. Oh, let the Holy Ghost today fall. Lord, let it happen in a powerful way. Father, we pray today for Sister Jamie, Ben, and Haley. God, we pray you would heal her today. Father, we pray you'd heal her. Touch her in her body. Lord, give her a touch like she's never experienced before. Oh, Holy Ghost of God. Let it be ever so real. Father, I pray for my dear friend. Touch him today. Oh, God, let the liquid lava from heaven flow today. Let him experience you in a powerful and a Father, touch today. Father, touch today. Father, touch today. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. God, it's in your name. Oh, it's in your name. It's in your name. It's in your name. Father. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, before we're dismissed today in prayer, our benedictory prayer. Can you honestly say that you were glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen? Come on. Those of you that have been joining us on our live stream feed, we thank you for joining us today. God bless you. We will see you for midweek Bible study at 7 p.m. online and then next Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship. God bless you. Today is our prayer.